It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, August 12, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. A political newcomer has thrown his hat in the ring for school board in Sitka, or maybe he's just thrown it over the backyard fence. Todd Gebler lives next door to current school board president Amy Morrison, who suggested that he run for one of two open seats on the board this year. Gebler wasn't so sure. You know, at first I was a little skeptical. I, I, I don't have, I don't know anything about it to tell you the truth. And um, I, I, I do know a couple other um, board members, uh, past board members, um, some good friends of ours, and. You know, I kind of I, I talked to them and uh, none of them really told me not to do it. School board politics fly a bit lower under the radar than the Sitka assembly table, but the work is still very demanding as the board has to manage chronic budget shortfalls in state government, which usually translate into high pressure financial decisions about which school programs to keep and which to cut back. Gebler says Morrison and his other acquaintances who've served time on the board gave him fair warning. They really gave me the uh, the unscripted version. It's going to be, you know, it's not easy. It's going to be hard, and, you know, time consuming and stuff like that. But I think it's it's, it's definitely something that I that I want to do. Gebler and his wife have an eight year old son who will be entering Kikushihin next year, and Gebler feels that this is a good time for him to become involved in the district. He says he has no agenda. His focus will be on doing what's best for the kids. Gebler is 51 years old. He has lived intermittently in Sitka for 12 of the last 20 years, working as a nurse, now in search home health. From a medical standpoint, Gebler says he's been happy with the, the way the district has handled the COVID-19 pandemic. Gebler has no prior experience in elected office. He has served on the board of the Betty Eliason Child Care Center. Todd Gebler is running for one of two open seats on the Sitka School Board. Incumbent Amy Morrison is the only other candidate who filed by the August 5 deadline. Incumbent Eric Van Sys has said he will not seek another term. As in recent years, KCAW will provide complete candidate profiles and position statements, in their own words, on the KCAW election hub, which will go live in early September. The municipal election in Sitka is Tuesday, October 5th. The Sitka Assembly has unanimously agreed to remove language about landslide management from city code. After deadly landslides in 2015, which killed three people and destroyed one home and seriously damaged two other properties, the Assembly commissioned landslide mapping to assess risk throughout Sitka and adopted a new section of city code with construction requirements in areas with moderate or high landslide risk. But City Administrator John Leach said that information is now being used by insurance companies and lenders, causing unanticipated challenges for some homeowners. Um, the difficulty with this is we had an area that was already developed um, and suddenly all these homes were placed in this restricted landslide area and they had no choice. And now they're kind of boxed out from refinancing, they're boxed out from insurance when really nothing has changed for them over the years. At Tuesday's meeting, Assemblymember Tor Christensen was in favor of removing the landslide language, but voiced some skepticism at it being the solution for the insurance and financing problems. It will be interesting to see if this really removes the loan lending issue. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion it was this ordinance was being used as an excuse and that it's not, I mean, hopefully it will. I, I very much hope it does, but I, I wouldn't be entirely shocked if it doesn't. 
and Leach agreed. You know, I almost hesitate to say this publicly, but this is a little bit of a litmus test to see if we were the barrier. One member of the public asked if the landslide legislation would be replaced with something else, and Assemblymember Crystal Duncan was similarly concerned. And I'm glad we were able to find a solution, but it kind of plays on what came up as a concern is that we're rescinding that entire section, which in itself is sending a message, whether we intend to or not. Leach said they wouldn't be removing preventative landslide regulations from the city's purview. He wants studies to continue and said he's working on how landslide risk mapping will be further incorporated into Sitka's building code in the future. After nearly 30 years in relative dormancy, the black-headed budworm population is exploding in southeast Alaska, leaving swaths of browning hemlock in their path. U.S. Forest Service entomologist Elizabeth Graham and her team have been keeping tabs on the budworms and their effects on the local ecosystem. As far as major outbreaks uh, go, southeast is generally one of the um, the biggest hit areas during, as far as having the largest western black-headed budworm outbreaks. This is, yeah, the first major outbreak we've had in southeast since uh, the mid-90s. And then prior to that, there was one in the 1950s. Um, They tend to happen on about a 30, 40-year rotation. So the caterpillars are there all the time, but they're not normally at this great a level. The worm itself is the larva of the budworm moth and is known to feed on the new growth of hemlock buds, causing what's known as top kill. As Graham explains, the warmer summers have spurred the population spike, which is expected to continue over the next several years before naturally crashing. While the damage can seem drastic to onlookers, Graham says the majority of trees will survive and possibly even thrive as a result. They're actually a a natural part of our forest, and so Um, change and disturbance is is something that is supposed to happen in the forest in order to keep things dynamic and healthy. And so as, you know, dramatic and worrisome as they are in appearance now, you know, just um, to remember that we, our forest has been through this before and, um, you know, hopefully the healthiest trees will survive and um, will maybe open up some more light and get some good berry years after this. The Forest Service will continue to monitor the budworm infestation as they transition to moths in the coming weeks. Graham urges community members to contribute to their efforts by uploading photos of the moths or other forest pests to the Forest Service's crowdsourcing app, iNaturalist. You can find a link to iNaturalist on our website, kcaw.org. The pilot of a sightseeing plane that crashed last week near Ketchikan, killing all six on board, was involved in another accident less than a month earlier, according to federal investigators. KRBD's Molly Lubers has the story. Alaska state troopers identified the deceased pilot as 64-year-old Rolf Lanzendorfer of Klee Ellum, Washington, in the August 5th crash that killed him and his five passengers in Missy Fjord's National Monument Wilderness Area. The National Transportation Safety Board's Alaska Office Chief Clint Johnson says Lanzendorfer was also the pilot of a July 9th crash, when an aircraft of the same make and model hit a buoy and capsized during takeoff on Prince of Wales Island. He was the sole occupant of that plane, which crashed near Kaufman Cove. There were no injuries. The airplane received substantial damage, so it is an accident. 
But keep in mind that both of these events are being investigated separately. And neither of those investigations are complete, Johnson says. He says the NTSB is not ready to draw any conclusions over any connection between the crashes, and neither should the public. We're still gathering those pieces of the puzzle. We have not started putting the puzzle back together. We're not at that juncture at this point right now. As one group of NTSB investigators look into the plane's operator, Southeast Aviation, and the pilot, another team traveled to document the wreckage itself. Johnson says crash investigators flew over the site on Sunday, but since then, poor weather and low visibility had hampered efforts to land. That is, until Wednesday, when the weather began to clear. We've held the crew in Ketchikan, waiting for this weather window, and we're going to capitalize on that. The wreckage is located between 1,800 and 2,000 feet on a mountainside, and is only accessible by helicopter. This wreckage is in a very challenging site, heavily treed trees, 100, 150 foot tall, and very steep terrain. The only way that we're going to be able to get that wreckage off of the hill is by slinging it with a helicopter. Wreckage recovery is only one of the first steps. The complete investigation into the August 5th crash will likely take a year or longer before NTSB releases its findings. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Molly Lubers. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a look at the weather for Sitka for Thursday, August 12th, 2021. There is a watch, a flood watch in effect today from 1 p.m. until tomorrow, August 13th at 10 p.m. And now looking at the weather for today, rain near Port Alexander, chance of rain, highs in the lower 60s, south winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, rain, rain may be heavy at times, lows in the upper 50s, south winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. And tomorrow, rain, rain may be heavy at times, near steady temperature in the upper 50s, south winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. And now taking a quick look at our community calendar for some things happening in the listening region. Sitka Public Library is collecting recorded testimonies about the COVID-19 pandemic to be made publicly available through the library website and placed in the local history archive. Interviews are conducted with masks and in a physically distanced manner to reduce virus transmission. For information and to apply to share stories, email david.christhompkins at cityofsitka.org. Sitka National Historical Park Totem Loop and East Entrance Trails are now open, and the Russian Memorial Loop and Riverview Trails remain closed day and night until further notice. Visitors should remain bear aware, and for current updates and additional information, call 747-0110. You're tuned in to your community radio station, Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka.